the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 2. I am Seth Leibson coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. The man I have trusted my entirety of my radio career to is also not only, well, I should say he's not only uh, vice president of News and Talk at Salem Radio, our corporation here from whence we broadcast, but he is also a contributing editor for All Israel News. I've known him for, I guess, going on 19 years now, and that is the great Tom Tradup. Tom, how are you, man? Very good, Seth. Thank you so much for having me on. I love I loved when Mr. Announcer says, from politics to policy. You like that? And I'm like, hey, I go, now, does that mean you go from Trump to Asa Hutchinson? Or what's, uh, <laughs> no. What does that mean? <laughs> You're the vice president of News and Talk. You figure it out. <laughs> you tell All me. Right, good. From politics okay, to it. policy. I guess, I guess it's an interesting question. You're not the first person to ask me about it. Hugh Hewitt once asked me about that. Uh, once I think your well. I think your show whenever I listen it's more like when the policy meets the pavement you should hear like tires spinning because you get right down to eye level and make things understandable. But young That's David, write that down. Show. We have our new motto where the policy meets the pavement. I like that. Well done, Mister Tradup. Well All right, done. sir. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any Do you have any marsupials in your house these days? I do not. Although we have a uh, a brand new, uh, I believe it's going to be a red. Um, not a red, it's going to be a Bennett's Wallaby. Ironic since <laughs> that's how we so met. Yeah, a Bennett's Wallaby. <laughs> a Bennett's Wallaby soon. Yeah, there are a lot of Joeys being born in the area. Tom Trattup, we're going to get to his important column on what tri- Trump's landslide victory means in Iowa. I just want to have a little more fun with you because it's been so long and you and I used to have a lot of fun together in D.C., Tom. Um, I I raised the marsupial because the last time I visited your house about 15 years ago, you had one. You had a kangaroo. Yes. Well, yeah, it's it's funny. My kids, uh, when they were young, they're they're now, Ethan is 27 and Ellie is 24. No kidding. But uh, when they were little, they volunteered at a wildlife ranch north of Dallas where we live. And uh, so they had all sorts of kangaroos and lemurs and uh, wallabies and various exotic things, Patagonian cavies. How's that one for you? <laughs> and uh, at one point, because they had a 126 acres on this wildlife ranch, but only three full-time staffers, when it became what I like to call birthing season, yes. you know, and they had lots of joeys, they couldn't handle all of them. And they called up one day and asked my wife, Lori, hey, w- would you guys be at all interested in bottle raising one of the joeys for five or six weeks because we we can't deal with all of them plus the other animals. And she said, well, how would it work? And we said, yeah, sure. So they basically let us bring one home, and uh, we, we had it in a sort of a macrame pouch around, you know, you would hang it almost like it was in a real pouch. And the thing would sleep in our bedroom at night with a, 
it was a pack and play with a sheet over the top with clips on it so our dogs didn't try to get friendly with it. <laughs> and uh, it, that was our first time, and we've since had 53 of them over the years. Unbelievable. And uh, another one coming soon. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. People go, wait a minute. You raise kangaroos. You go, right. But it, that's because somebody's got to do it. We do it so you don't have to. That is so fantastic. You didn't tell me when you ushered me into radio circa 20. 20- 04, 2004, okay. I think is when we started. You got me into this business. You didn't tell me that, you know, if you become, you know, a regular host, you will soon learn everything there is to know about everything. So speaking of marsupials, I was talking, I don't remember how we got on this last week, but I had occasion to raise something about the animal, the possum, the possum. Yes, and I, the possum. And someone had said, called in about a possum or something. And I said, um, was it? No, that wasn't it, Tom. Here's what it was. It was, it was the uh, Tasmanian devil. We were talking about that Tasmanian oh, devil, at, yeah. which is a marsupial. And I said, it's the only marsupial that is a carnivore. And someone wrote me during the show and said, nope, the opossum eats meat. And I said, the opossum eats meat. Okay, fine. What's the difference between an opossum and possum. Did you know they're two different animals? I always thought I it was just I two spellings not. for the same one. Uh, well, it, it's like the difference between Army Hammer and an Army Dillo. Well, <laughs> you know, we're running out of names. <laughs> we just find another species and put an O in front of it. I mean, the crocodiles and the alligators didn't do that to us. They gave us whole names. But we have right. a possum and an opossum. They're two separate things. Anyway. We were in Australia for 17 days one time. We had friends who were living there that worked for Mobile Oil, and we got to spend some time there and went to Tasmania yeah. and saw actual Tasmanian devils. And they're not at all like the lovable cartoon that Bugs Bunny would yeah. you know, run into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they come out at night, and they have sanctuaries because they're, they're you know endangered. And they had, I don't remember how many of them, there were 15 or 20 of them that were out, and they threw a chunk of... I don't know, a koala or some, some animal that had deceased. They threw out meat for these things, and you never heard more ruckus as they started <laughs> snarling and ripping the flesh apart and oh my God. nipping at each other. And I'm like, holy moly. Yeah, Let's holy moly. Run into I, one of them in the that's exactly what in you, Chicago. That's, a, that's exactly what you said. <laughs> holy moly. Shall we start our radio interview, sir? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, go Trump's, ahead. Yes, in all Israel news, which you write for now, and you are a contributing editor, Trump's landslide victory in Iowa. Bad news for Hamas and Mexican drug cartels. Tell us about this, Tom. Well, you, you know, the horrific October 7th attack, which led to where we are now in the Middle East and everything is going south everywhere, primarily due to the lack of backbone at the Biden administration. I noticed yesterday uh, Anthony Blinken, our fine secretary of state, apparently went toe to toe with Prime Minister Netanyahu and told Bibi, you can't win this war. There's no way to defeat Hamas. Essentially, you have to surrender. You've done all you can. And his response was essentially, I don't know how it translates from, you know, Hebrew into English, but it was basically get out. Oh, it's a famous Hebrew expression, uh, pound sand, I think. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. It was something from the Chabad. Yeah. That said, uh, you know, it's time for you to move on there, pal. Yeah. And because of the 
the collateral damage that happens in any war. I mean, it, it is terrible that so many people in Gaza have been displaced from their homes, that, of course, men, women, and children have been killed in the crossfire of this whole thing. It, it, everybody wants to turn this around as if somehow the Israelis are the aggressors. And you see these hollow heads marching around maybe in Arizona. I don't know, but we see them all over Texas and MIT, you know, what that led to with President Gay, um, people marching in favor of Hamas and in favor of the Palestinians acting as if the Israelis don't have a right to defend themselves, which, of course, they do. And it is terrible when anybody dies in any war. But uh, the Palestinians are not exactly blameless in this whole thing, because, after all, they're the ones who elected Hamas to be their leaders for all these years. So, you know, the old phrase that I think it was uh, Hillary Clinton that came up with, elections have consequences. Well, yeah, they, they, they do, and it's sad. But the Hamas people, I think because they've been treated with kid gloves pretty much by the Biden administration, and I think we can all agree on that, they haven't exactly had a lot of backbone. Um, they're bullies, and they're going to go for all the horrific, bloody massacres that they can pull off until somebody squishes them like bugs. Tom, and so with Trump coming back to to the office, if he does this November, that's what I pray he will will happen. Uh, there'll be a new sheriff in town, and there won't be any more of this. As he said, there was nothing like this when he was president. Nothing like and it. it. Was a, nothing like know. it. A new sheriff that'll bring law and order. Uh, Tom, can you stay with me a little bit, by the way? Or do you have to run? Of course. No, no. Okay, Tom, happy to be with you. Great. Tom Tradup is a contributing editor for All Israel News, allisrael.com. And he is blessedly also the vice president of news and talk programming here for Salem Radio Network, one of my uh, oldest friends in the business, if not actually my oldest friend in the business. I think I, I met you before anyone else at Salem. I got to take. I a remember break. when we met. Yes. Seth. We, you yeah. were just in a diaper. <laughs> I, was, I was just what? I was all wet behind the ears, green behind the ears. What's next? I yes. got to take a quick commercial break, Tom. If you'll stick with me, we'll be right back with yes, more sir. from Tom okay, Trattup. Because I want to talk about the border and the cartels as well. I'm Seth Liebson, Tom Trattup, and I. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Tom Trattup is my guest. He's a contributing editor at All Israel News, allisrael.com. He's also the vice president of news and talk programming here at Salem Radio News. And I uh, engaged in the latest majesty, Tom, of calling you my longest friend in radio. My friend Hugh Hallman corrected me immediately to say, you, uh, I called you my oldest friend. You are my longest friend in radio, not my oldest yeah, friend, my longest That's a nice friend. way to say it. Yes. Oh, God bless you, Hugh. Yes. All right. <laughs> there you go, Hugh. God bless you. <laughs> Hugh always keeps me uh, syntactically honest. All right. So in your piece here, Trump's landslide victory in Iowa is bad news for Hamas and Mexican drug cartels. We'll get to the Mexican drug cartels in a moment. Stick with Hamas for a second. I was just reporting in the previous hour, Tom, on what you were talking about with uh, Netanyahu saying uh, two-state solution not quite right now, wrong time, wrong day. You know, the polling out of the West Bank, 82 percent, that's the moderate part. The West Bank is the Palestinian Authority. It's not yes. Gaza. Eighty-two percent in the West Bank supported the October 7th attacks. Meanwhile, the president there, Mahmoud Abbas, is in his 18th year of his one four-year term. I mean, this is who they want to do a two-state solution with. While the, one of the co-founders of Hamas, Khaled Mashal, yesterday in Turkey in an interview said, no, we want one state, and it runs 
from uh, the bottom of Lebanon to the top of Egypt. I, so this notion of a two-state solution is worse than a pipe dream. It's a deadly nightmare, I think. Yeah, you're dealing with some really bad dudes over there. And, I mean, to, to not make light of it, it, it but, but it's just, uh, I think a lot of people in this country, um, particularly young people, uh, subscribe to the ostrich theory of world affairs. Mm-hmm. And so they take their lead from MSNBC or from uh, uh, Christiana Amanpour on mm-hmm. CNN and other ilk like that. And it's so easy to sort of say things are one-sided and the Israelis are bad guys and all this. Well, just think about, you know, the Iron Dome. I was over in Israel when they were building the Iron Dome and some IDF people helicoptered me over several of the sites. And it's an amazing system. It's like what Reagan used to refer to as Star Wars. Um, When somebody in Gaza or in the occupied territories uh, fires a missile into Israel, this thing triangulates the trajectory of it it's it's so amazing. And if it's going to land in the Negev desert or it's going to land in some unoccupied area in the country, they let it go through and it just explodes and nobody's hurt. If it's headed for Tel Aviv or, or Jerusalem or anywhere else, uh, you know, a, a Patriot missile style missile flies at it and knocks it out of the sky. And everybody said, well, that's a good system. Well, it is. And it's necessary and they must have it in order to survive with the many Arab enemies around them. But uh, the economics of it are pretty weird. If people in Gaza get a rocket tube and throw in a bunch of shrapnel and nails and busted up glass and other effluent and fire it into Israel, it costs them about maybe $5,000. To fire one out of the sky costs Israel $50,000 for each one they shoot down. So you can tell if they're firing constantly missiles in there and they have to start knocking them down with more Iron Dome defense missiles, um, it's, it's not economically feasible to just keep doing this forever. They'll go broke and not have enough missiles, which we have to supply them. And again, Biden, when he starts... Uh, or, or whoever is doing it. Obviously, he's not sure what he had for lunch, but uh, wh- whoever is making the decision as to whether to turn the spigot off on the military aid to Israel, unlike our Speaker of the House, very first thing Mike Johnson did when he became the Speaker um, a couple of months ago was to pass $14.5 billion of emergency aid for Israel in a standalone bill. That's still sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk gaining, gathering dust. So, you know, it's not hard to imagine that we could have put an end to this sooner if we'd gotten that emergency aid to Israel and if people would stop backing Hamas in this country. But we don't live in a perfect world. No, we don't live in a— to the border. Yeah, common sense. I'll, I'll get to the border. I, that, your point on the border is so important to our border, which we'll talk about in a minute. I was just thinking about, you know, that Iron Dome or the arrow system or any of those eight anti-missile systems that Israel uses that um, people complain about um, Israel having. You know, the alternative to that, there is an alternative to that. We can stop having Israel use those systems— the alternative is to simply go in and wipe everything out. I mean, that's the alternative to stopping rockets. They can either shoot them down defensively or they can go in on offense and take out everything. I mean, I, it's the most humanitarian system one could imagine are these missile defense systems of Israel is what I'm saying. 
If you could imagine, pick somebody. New Mexico decides they want to come after the water. Or, well, there's not, not that much water. In, in <laughs> go the other Arizona, way. But, yeah, go the other yeah, direction. You know, yeah. But but you know they they come after the cactus, right? You know, or they 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 want to go to the teepee and get some uh, Mexican food there. In Phoenix, okay. <laughs> you know us well. So you know us well. so they start attacking Phoenix. Well, are we are you just going to roll over and play dead and go? Well, what are we going to do? You yeah. know they. They're aggressors, and we don't want to be bad guys. Or you're going to go, no, sorry, we're going over to Indian School Road, and we're going to squish them like bugs. Boy, yeah. you know your Phoenix, know. Tommy. You know I your Phoenix. I, I love Phoenix. My my grandparents lived for many years in Sun City. I feel like I'm a cousin out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the invitation to engage in national suicide uh, just because it comes from a suicide cult doesn't have to be accepted. And that's no, what this war is about. That's what this is about. And um, so thank you. And again, um, the way you've been reporting on it, the way All Israel is, allisrael.com has been reporting on it, you have to wonder what the condition of the world would be were it not for talk radio, were it not for Fox News, were it not for outlets like All Israel, the Internet. You really wonder, you know, if it was just CNN, you'd get such a distorted picture of the world. They They reported— the other day over at CNN, Tom, that the uh, ratio to civilians to terrorists being killed by Israel in Gaza is pretty high, using, of course, Hamas numbers. But even if you accept Hamas's numbers of those that have died, even if you accept them, do you know what the ratio is? I just learned this. The ratio of civilians to combatants being killed by Israel is 1.5 to 1. Do you know what the average is internationally in urban no warfare? Nine, no. 9 to 1. Nine to one. Wow. That's the difference. That's the It's just the kind of thing you would not get on CNN, you know? They just, well, or, or MSNBC. Or MSNBC. I was watching, yeah. you know, that, the, the linear equivalent of Pravda. Yeah. I'm listening to them last night, and they had a feature about, and it was very touching. I mean, as a human being and a father and someone who has a heart, you can't help but have your heart break when you see these kids that yeah, are portrayed on MSNBC. Here's... You know, Ahmed or whatever his name is, his both his his mom was killed in the bombing and his dad is missing, presumed under a building somewhere. So he's now caring for his nine siblings. Sure. And this kid is like 13. So sure. he's boiling leaves and yep. doing the best he can to keep the baby who was recently born fed. And yep. it, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But you go, you know, that is not a reason for Israel to go, OK, we won't. We're okay. Yeah, there is a cause for this. There was a there was a causus belli, as they say in legal Latin. Tom, I have to take a break. Let's turn to our border when we come back. If you have some more time for me, I'd love to use you as long as I got you. And uh, boy, you got me thinking about the TP restaurant on Indian School. (laughs) God love you. Yeah, go to the original one though, not the one by the you know basketball stadium. No, no, no. Always the original. Tom Tradup's an original. He's a contributing editor for All Israel News, allisrael.com, and he's vice president here at News at Salem News and uh, Talk uh, Radio, for uh, News and Talk Radio here at Salem. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Tom Tradup is my guest, among other things, contributing editor at All Israel News, allisrael.com. Great piece he has up on Trump's landslide victory in Iowa being bad news, not only for Hamas, but let's turn it here more locally, more domestically to the Mexican drug cartels. Um, Tom, yeah, you have a um, you, you make a series of great points about the clear and present danger that these cartels aren't bringing 
to America, have brought to America, and with no end in sight, right? Just the, the hollow-headedness of the approach that uh, Secretary Mayorkas and uh, who, by the way, I don't know whether impeaching him is the right thing to do or not. I know there's a movement to do that. They just need to find some way to remove him from office and put somebody in there who has um, the ocular ability to see the swarms of people that are just pouring across the border and have been for the past three and a half years. It's unbelievable. And uh, so the border towns in Texas and Arizona and California who were upset and overrun by all of this, finally said enough's enough. And uh, people like our governor, Greg Abbott, uh, shipped, started shipping people to these uh, sanctuary cities like Chicago and New York. And, oh, my, did we squeal like stuck pigs when uh, a busload of people would show up. You remember what happened at Martha's Vineyard? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not such a sanctuary after all. I believe Ron DeSantis was the one who did that one. Mm-hmm. He flew 20 or 30 migrants to Martha's Vineyard, and everybody was there at their uh, friendly ice cream stores and having some saltwater taffy. <laughs> and here come some migrants that get off a bus, and it was as if, you know, there was an invasion of Daleks from right. Dr. Who. Right, right. And uh, they freaked out, and nobody could stand it because they didn't want to have them there. And you go, well, this is what's wrong with the whole Biden administration. I would rather trust, you know, the the most junior installer from Gleason mechanical air conditioning mm-hmm. to be our secretary of, uh, you know, Homeland security than Alejandro Mayorkas mm-hmm. I mean, because they have common sense and they know how to get things done. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who just sort of stares at them and says, Oh no, the border's fine and we're fine. And it isn't. And, and it's not just because, there are people coming in. They always use that lie that they used about Trump in 2016. He called all Mexicans rapists. Um, a, no, he didn't. And B, this is not about Mexicans. It's not about people from Venezuela. There are people pouring across our border daily, hourly, minutely. If that's a word. Uh, they're constantly coming across the border, and they're from bad places. They're from terrorist groups. They're from African countries, not that Africa is a bad place, don't misinterpret No, I saw them. I went down to Lukeville. I went down to Lukeville. I was one of the first. I think I was the the second reporter to be in Lukeville. The first one was from a different network um, altogether. Um, And then about a week after I reported on it here, that's when the flood of media went there. But they were all from West Africa, uh, young men from West Africa, uh, majority Muslim nations, and with false passports, uh, it's 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 tragic and it's sad. Not only you know for the whole system, but you know for this country too. What the heck are we doing here? What the heck are we going well, to do? And with try them? going. Not that most of us, you know, we're, we're blessed if we have jobs and have a good health plan or something. Or if you're on Obamacare, God help you. Um, you know, when you go to the hospital, you want to be treated for whatever your ailment is. Um, try getting into an emergency room in Phoenix or Scottsdale or here in Dallas or in uh, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Every one of them is overrun with illegals, and they're putting a huge economic burden on this country. They always say they're here because they need asylum from places that are you know, persecuting them. No, most of them are economic um, migrants. Mm-hmm. They want to work. They want to come here and get jobs. 
And when you see these guys lined up, they're 18 to 20-year-old males, not with little kids, not with wives. They're not families. They're just pouring into this country for what purpose? I don't know, but I can guarantee you it isn't a good one. And if we don't do something, uh, everybody's saying, well, I hope Trump gets elected this November. We may not have a country by this November. Somebody's got to get busy and do something about this. And I think, again, to go back to Mike Johnson, who's only been in office for a couple of months, I'm very impressed with him, the congressman from Louisiana, who's the new Speaker of the House. And he's saying, well, you know, it's not a good idea to hold the pay of the military or the pay of our border patrol agents hostage, then maybe we should hold Ukraine money hostage. Hey, Tom, I got to do a break. You want to do it? Spend a little more time with me? If you got it, I love talking to you. It's fun catching up with you. Great. We'll take a quick commercial break. And Tom Trattup and I'll be right back. He with All Israel News and also Vice President right here of News and Talk Programming for Salem Radio. I'm Seth. He's Tom. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Tom Tradup has been generous with his time. He is a contributing editor for All Israel News, allisrael.com, and he's also a vice president right here at Salem Radio. Tom, how do you estimate uh, the election going? I mean, I think we can stipulate Donald Trump will be the nominee. I'm thinking Joe Biden is. I'd love to know if you think that. And if so, how do you think it goes? No, I don't think Biden's going to be the nominee. I can't tell you who is. I just I can't believe with his approval ratings plummeting as, as if it's even possible to. You remember one of the diehard movies where the bad guys were at. Uh, I think it was Reagan Airport, and they... Oh, it was Dulles. It was Dulles. It was yeah, the second Dulles. one with Dennis Franz, yeah, and Fred right. Thompson, and the, right. Mm-hmm. And they manipulated the late Fred Thompson, yeah. yes. Yeah, And they manipulated the uh, uh, beacon to make it look for yeah. planes that were landing. Yeah, that's that right. They were going to be uh, landing on the right level, but it was actually below ground level, and they crashed right. the planes. That's right. It's sort of like how low can Biden go? I don't know. It just depends if they can change the from the to the metric system, maybe to start getting his numbers. But I, I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, he doesn't deserve another term. And the question then becomes: with the identity politics of the Democratic yeah, Party, I know uh, I Vice got- President Harris can't do the job. But of course, if they replace her with a Gavin Newsom, or uh, I hear rumors about Michelle Obama and all that. If, if they pass over the first black woman vice president for anybody, all of a sudden you'll have the left-handed dwarves with brain tumors, you know, caucus and the, you know. You're in Chicago left. for this convention. You're going to have Chicago 1968 all over it's again, perhaps. Crazy. Don't you It'll think? It'll be yeah. crazy, yeah. And, and you, you know Chicago. By the way, it's interesting. That's Barack Obama's town. You've got to think his fingers are going to be all over that convention, don't you? I think so. Yeah. But either way, I think Trump is probably going to get reelected on his own because people are fed up with the, with the direction this country's going, the smash-and-grab robberies, the fact that when you go to a drugstore, you have to get the teenage clerk to come unlock the glass case so you can buy a toothbrush. Because yeah, the toothbrushes the are behind lock and key, not the criminals. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we want to get not only make America great again, we just like to make America normal again. And that is not going to happen with any of the people that have been 
positioned as potential Democrats, including the current president. So I think it's time for a change. This is going to be one of those change elections, but uh, anything could happen. And, you know, with uh, COVID kicking up again, we'll start with the we need more mail-in ballots yeah. and we need to manipulate the elections. And so we're, we're not out of the woods yet, but I'm pretty confident that Trump's going to be the next president. Good. I'll let you go because I know you have to, but I'll leave you with one thing. Make America great again. We have a saying around here, a hashtag we're trying to get. You're in Texas. Maybe you can help spread it. M-O-F-A. Make Orwell fiction again is what we're trying to do here. Oh, I like that. You like that? I like that. You know some folks in radio. See if you can get that one going around. We'll we'll get 1,984 of them to do it. <laughs> Bless you, sir. Say hi to all the marsupials and the tradups for me. Thanks, sir. Happy New Year. Really time. nice checking in with you. Don't be okay. a stranger. I'll take you to the TP. Okay. Thank you, Bye. Tom. Bye, Tom. 602-508-0960. He, uh, he is a legend in radio. He was the first person to um, clear Rush Limbaugh in Chicago when uh, he was the GM over at uh, or the programming director. I don't remember which in Chicago at uh, the big talker there. And uh, boy, he has some great old Rush Limbaugh stories. Uh, one of them is on the online. You can get it. It's funny about Rush Limbaugh was having fun. He was using a word. Um, I don't know if I should do this. Should I do this? I'll do it. Um, Rush Limbaugh was using a word, um, F-A-R-D was the word, and it um, sounds like a different word. And so the word F-A-R-D means to paint your face with cosmetics, and Rush Limbaugh was talking about the problem with traffic and people F-A-R-D-ing, but saying the word, uh, uh, ladies F-A-R-D in traffic and he kept talking about this and Tom had to yank him off I think <laughs> for like a minute or two or five and uh, it was just Rush Limbaugh having fun but uh, I guess the story is worthwhile because now we all know the word F-A-R-D fard means to apply makeup like that pagan priestess had f- farted her face with red God knows what in Davos. Uh, and now you're probably about ready Brazilian. to take me off the air, aren't you? <laughs> hmm? I said, uh, she was a Brazilian. What did I say? Pagan. Well, I think that too. Yes, I'm kidding around. Yeah, I think that too. Uh, do you agree with Tom that it's not going to be Biden? Do you think it'll be Biden? Well, gee, I don't know. We'll have to ask Sam Stone about this. I think, uh, I mean, LBJ was out in March. March of election year, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's two months from now. I mentioned to you a couple days ago, Reagan started taking off in 76 in March. Yeah. Um, So don't, no answers. So in March, we'll hold you to it. Yeah, in March, you can hold me to it. But at this point, I would have said, yeah, it's probably going to be Joe. Mm -hmm. But maybe there are those out there that have their arguments to say that it could not be. The well, problem we got, is yeah. in somebody like Biden, and he wants to do the South Carolina primary first because those are the people that got him started back in 2020 from what was then a failing candidacy. Mm-hmm. He has no challengers. In 68, it took McCarthy 
for Bobby Kennedy to be the poster child. In 52, it took Keith Alver to kick Truman off the ballot so we could have Adlai Stevenson. I mean, I don't know who is it going to be now. Who is going to be the, what would you call it, sacrificial lamb, if you will? The stalking horse, I guess is the correct political term. I don't know. You know, the thing I keep thinking about is what year this is mostly like. Is it 1980 or is it 1968? You know, it's a little bit of both. We used to, we who kind of play around with history, we used to call 1968 uh, um, the you know, Annus Horribilis, just an awful year when you think of the assassinations and the stuff like that. And um, you think of the turmoil in the Democratic Party, and uh, you think about Robert Kennedy back on some ballots here in this country. I mean, the comparisons are being asked mm-hmm. to be made. On the other hand, you have very much an international and economic situation like 1979, 1980. Um, either way, we get a Republican president. Sure, so, hope so. Onward. <laughs> okay. Onward and upward. <laughs> Portions of this show brought to you by our friends at Y-Refi. They have a secure investment that actually helps people where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. You're in control. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, and there are absolutely no fees. You can have peace of mind. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. And you get a monthly statement, of course, with no surprises. This is, this is a secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. I keep trying to get Javier Malay, the Argentinian, Argentinian president's um, speech to you from Davos. But boy, he was just socking it to him. He said, and I'm quoting from the translation, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger and it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inextricably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We are here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Uh, it, uh, just incredible. Uh, can you imagine what it means for them to hear that over in socialist land, collectivist land? <clears throat> and uh, if you want access to the whole thing, there's a million places you can go. I suppose the easiest way to get to it is to go to Powerline blog, the Powerline blog, powerlineblog.com, which pound for pound, I think is probably, I haven't plugged them in a while, plug, they're not a sponsor, they're just old friends. Um, Pound for Pound, probably the most important website to check out. If you're looking for like a quick summary of important news from sane people, um, powerlineblog.com is your go-to. I know people have a lot of different websites, but boy, John Hinderocker and Scott Johnson and their whole team, they're, they're just really smart cookies. And they have a couple scalps to their credit too, you know? 
But for them, Dan Rather might still be the lead anchor, the nightly news anchor at CBS. But for them, do great work. Okay, Sam Stone coming up. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. Salem 